Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. So you guys are in for a treat. I am so excited to introduce to you who's going to be bringing the word of God. You know, Pastor Diana is going to be sharing with us today. You are going to be touched. Pastor, I've known Diana since, I mean, we're sister-in-laws. Sister-in-law, yes. yes. Uh, you know, Portuguese is confusing me. We're sister-in-law. She's my sister-in-law. And um, I've known her since, since college. We met in college. And, and I, I just, I am a witness that she is a woman of God. She does not, she does, she, she does not, that she's like, she doesn't mess with the devil. She does not mess with the truth. You know, she's the real deal. She's going to tell you how it is. And, and she's been a friend to me, family, more than family friend, but more than friend and family, she has been a supporter of God's vision for Hunter and I like no one else and she believes she's gonna cheer for you so hear from her open your heart it's gonna be powerful thank you guys that was a that was a very honorary introduction you know uh thank you liz you know i love liz and i love hunter not because they're just my family but they are pastors that pray you know, you need a, to, to get plugged in in a church where you know that the pastors get on their knees, fast, seek the vision of God, and run with that vision, and, you, and that the doctrine of the church is healthy and biblical, because we suffer as a church in general from those things, you know? So today, I was... You know, I was preparing, and, and last Sunday, Julian, my husband, he gave a powerful word on discipleship realities. So, <laughs> you know, the bar was set pretty high for me. You know, uh, I was actually, we were talking about his sermon during the week, and something really gripped my heart when I was, I was listening to him because when we were in college, that's when I met him, I clearly, I, it's like I had a picture of the past when I saw him. Because how I met Julian was because Julian and Liz had started a ministry called Amistad, which was friendship, and it was at the beginning mainly for the Hispa international students, mainly Hispanics. There was a big Hispanic, gr uh, Hispanic group in our, in our college. So when I met him, I, it was like, you know, those times where the Lord, I know that I know that I know that Julian in his DNA has discipleship. It's like you cut him open and he has discipleship. You know, so when I was telling him, Julian, that's, I remember the same, like, it was like I was looking back to what him and Liz did during college years. So, you know, the bar was like pretty high. So, Today, I want to give you Discipleship Realities Part 2, you know? You know, uh, discipleship in general has, can have a negative connotation or can actually have no connotation at all, you know, or could have a positive connotation. But in the times that we are living, and from my experience here in the States, and I say this with a lot of sensitivity, I am not uh, putting down America at all. I am an American. I was born here. I am just Honduran too, you know? So something that I noticed was that discipleship many times, I would say most of the time, was not biblical, not godly in the church. It was more like a, let's do discipleship according to my convenience. And that's dangerous, you know, because then you start putting your own ways of thinking. You start, like, not calling out sin by what it is. 
you turn around and the blind die. And so we have misrepresented Jesus before the world because we haven't submitted ourselves to the discipleship according to the model of Jesus with the word of God. And so discipleship is counterculture. That's why we don't like it. That's why we, at the beginning, it's like, do you want to come to my discipleship group? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And when we start getting, like, to the down and dirty, oh, no, you know what? Peace out. I'm out of here. Oh, no, I can't go to the discipleship because, you know, uh, there's a leak in my house, and there's probably a little leak in your house, you know? But things start getting uncomfortable when we do discipleship. You know why? Because the Lord doesn't want you to stay in the way you are. He wants to prune you, and I'm going to say this again, he's going to prune you, but he's going to prune you if you let him prune you. He's going to unfold things in your life and going to say like, okay, let's unravel this. Let's like take it apart. Let's process this. And it's going to get painful and it's going to get difficult and you will want to stop. But the Lord tells you today, and I think this is a word for a couple of you, do not resist discipleship. Do not resist the power of God that is transforming you through his word, that is pruning you through his word. Do not resist him. Because when you resist God, who do you think you come under? Who do you think, okay, who do you think you come under? If I resist God who is before, who is for me, then I am not, then, then I'm associating with someone that is against me. And that's the devil. So automatically you open the door for a huge mess in your life. Okay? So now I'm going to get to the real thing here. I'm going to, this morning I want to tell you what is discipleship, why we need it, and why it is important. Okay? So why, what is discipleship? So I found this interesting. I I have searched for different definitions, but I found this definition that really caught my attention. It says, discipleship is the process of making someone like Christ in everything. Okay? Discipleship is a process. It's not a formula. It's a process. Okay? It's a process and there are certain processes that take slower than others. There are other processes that are quicker than others. But discipleship, it's a process. What does that mean for you and I? That either you're in the process or you're out of the process. And if you're out of the process, then you're out-processed. What happens to out-processed things? They're not useful. Okay, so it's a process of making someone become like Christ, not like Pastor Diana or Joe or Mary or my uh, college pastor. It's a process of making someone look like, become like Christ. Not my standard, not my model human but his standard that's my focus Jesus and when I do a discipleship group and when I come under discipleship he is my model Jesus is my model he is my focus and that's where I need to aim okay become like in everything and I'm gonna cover this in everything not in the parts that are convenient to you not what, oh, no, no, let's not, let's not deal with that, Lord. Not, not, not right now, later. And the Lord is like, later when? It's been 20 years. You know? Later when? And so in the process of you stopping the Lord, resisting the Lord, the kingdom of God has to advance. 
And guess what? If, if we resist him, someone else will not resist him. And so what you didn't do, someone else will pick it up and will take the baton and go forward. Yeah. So guess what? It's a bad thing for you because you're not being used by the Lord. And then you cry out, Lord, why are you not using me? Lord, you know, and you wake up and you look at the mirror. Lord, I feel so depressed. I am so tired of this life. What are we going to do? Boo, boo, boo. You know what? This is what you need to do. You need to submit to the Lord. You need to look at the cross and you need to go and run with Jesus. And when he tells you, he tells you, hey, let's get rid of that attitude. Let's get rid of that way of thinking. Okay, Lord, I know this is very hard because guess what? I wouldn't be standing here if I haven't experienced that. It's not easy. It's very painful. And sometimes I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'll, I'll take some time. And no, you know, let, let him, let him like just get that thing out, you know, like shove it in, Lord, hard, you know. Don't be afraid, you're more than welcome to come to our church next Sunday, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't be offended. If you're offended, I'm sorry. I know the Lord will deal with you and you'll, for, you'll forgive me. <laughs> So, you know, it's a process. It's a process. You know, get in the process. Get in the process. And then Jesus is our aim, right? So that's the definition that I found. In every area of our life, we need to look like Christ. Finances. I'm not going to go there. Because Pastor Hunter talked about that, you know. Let Let the Lord speak to you about your finances. Okay. Let the Lord speak to you how you discipline your kids. Uh, I would like to add this because this was a revelation that the Holy Spirit gave to me probably like a year ago during the pandemic. Um, I love discipleship. I think, not that I think I know, I was born to disciple many, many people. And I love just the process to see someone come in, recognize the cross, repent, go into salvation, and see them like standing here and just giving their testimony. And I know this is not the end, and they have a lot to work on, you know, like every one of us. But looking at them being so comfortable in the kingdom, you know, doing things that they're, it's like we were created to glorify God and to serve the Lord, to serve the Lord. You know, so another, I would like to write this. Discipleship for me is like a formal invitation from Jesus to follow him. If you think about an invitation when someone invites you to a party, it's your decision if you want to go to the party. But that person took the time to think of you and invite you to that special you know, event. And so it is a formal invitation. And why do I say a formal invitation? Because it has your name on it. It's not a Facebook invitation where you can create an event, you know, and it it has written by hand your name on it. That, That tells you that the Lord has a purpose for you. He's thinking of you. He's excited about you. You know, the Lord wakes up and he thinks and he says, wow, what a masterpiece I made. Even you, you might not think you're a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You were created by him in his image. And so it's a formal invitation. So I picture Jesus. I remember when I had this revelation, I just picture Jesus. You know, back in the day, we saw this video last Sunday. Julian like showed it to us about the, is it the Jesus? The chosen. The chosen. You know, sorry guys, the, the Jesus film, whatever, the chosen. So, you know, I really picture Jesus looking at us and say, hey, do you want to follow me? Do you want to partner with me? Do you want to, let's do life together. Let's do this together. Let me be in your life. Let me get involved in this. This is not a little matter. It might be a little matter, but I love details. 
I was reading, I'm reading numbers right now, and man, several mornings I've asked the Lord, why am I reading numbers, you know? <laughs> like, I'm reading a part where it says, you know, they were doing a sacrifice, and they were taking three and a quarter uh, of the flour with four ounces to put their incense, and it got, it's a full chapter of that. <laughs> And I was like, why? And I was trying just to see if there was a difference when the Lord wanted to tell me something. But no, everything was so precise and so exact, you know. And I asked the Lord one of those mornings, I said, Lord, I really don't understand why. Like, what is it so important of this? You know, like four ounces where the incense was going, three and a quarters, you know. And the Lord spoke to me and said, because I'm a God of details, and I'm a God of clear instructions, yeah. you know? So I was like, oh, I like that because I love clear instructions, you know? So, you know, so, so I love clarity because it takes away the confusion and frustration. So I was like, yes. And so the Lord is in the details. And discipleship, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's about the details of your life that make you who you are, okay? So... There's three things. Why is it important for us? Three things. First one is because we need discipleship because it helps us grow in our devotion to God. Second, because it helps us grow in maturity and wisdom. And thirdly, it helps us not only be disciples of Jesus, but also make disciples, right? So I'm going to focus number one, to grow in our devotion to God. And what does that mean? So I have, there's many things that this include, but I just nailed it several things, okay? So what does it mean? It means prayer. It means discipline of Bible reading. It means worship as a lifestyle, but also the gathering of believers. In other words, coming to church, right? So this is important. It's important that we are in discipleship because we need to learn how to pray. When I became a Christian, I had no idea how to pray. Really, I didn't. I didn't know how to pray. So I, I, I said, okay, what, what should I do next? You know, I'm a Christian. What should I do next? So I went and plugged in into that church with a pastor, and she taught me how to pray. And she taught me how to intercede. And she taught me how to pray the word of God. And some of us don't even know how to do this. And we need to be taught how to do it right. Because prayer is not just asking the Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, it's also connecting and leaning into his heart and knowing what his heart is saying. And, and, and letting his instruction like transform you and tell you this is where you need to go. This is what you need to take, uh, uh, talk about. This is what, where you're going to head. So we need prayer. That's how we communicate with the Lord. And I think that's, you know, I think it, that's pretty much very understood. And then the discipline, the discipline of Bible reading. Why do we need to, be, let me just tell you something. <laughs> and this is very heartbreaking. When I meet Christians for many, many years, even Christians that have been no, like believers for more years than me, and they have not read the entire Bible. It's very heartbreaking, you know, because the word of God, and then you start noticing how they're, they're struggling, but, they're, but we are struggling because we fail to know the word of God. And so we start getting into these weird ideas doctrines that who knows where they're coming from like cuckoo people you know because we don't know the word of God and so the Bible says my people suffer because of ignorance and we're suffering we're suffering the church in general is suffering because we don't know how to read the word because we don't want to submit to the word oh I don't know what the Lord is telling me have you read the Bible no I haven't okay why don't you start there you know 
I'm so confused right now because I don't know where to go. You're confused because you're listening to too many people and you haven't listened to the Spirit of God. But how will I recognize his voice? Read the Bible. You know the nature, you get to know the nature of Jesus that way. You know, and the character of Jesus. And you know, it's about time that the church rises up to the stature of Jesus and start being complacent. You don't want to read the Bible and come to church because you're so tired. Well, let me tell you, Jesus is not tired of you. Jesus is not tired of answering your, your multiple questions and telling you what to do. And we are tired to come in and give him an hour because we don't like how the worship is going. Guys, we need to grow. You know, if we want revival, if we want the church to advance, we need to submit to discipleship. We need to come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to be in church. You know what? When I grew up, when I grew up, when I was younger, I'm having an issue here, you know? When I was younger, I know Liz, Hunter, and Julian, they experienced, uh, you know, revival in Mexico, very powerful. I didn't in Honduras. We didn't experience that. But I went to a charismatic church. And it, it was, you know, it was a charismatic church, but, but it was a little bit contained, let's put it that way, you know? So I hadn't experienced a lot of things. But one thing was they were people of prayer. They would pray. And I remember, like, we would be, those church services, they were long. You know, my discipleship was, like, so strict. Like, I look nowadays, and I'm like, wow, what a gentle sister. You know, like, what a, what a wonderful way to correct. My type of discipleship is, like, you were not here on time. You're not going in and be part of the worship. That's the type of discipleship we got. It's like, why are you not here on time? You're five minutes late. What do you think? You have the honor to worship and take people to the presence of God? That's the type of discipleship I was part. Now, I'm not saying that that is correct, but that was pretty rigid, you know? But, but I, learned, I learned character, you know? I did learn character on that. You know, and, and yeah, they would tell, and maybe it might be cultural because Hispanics just like throw it. You know, we have a, mach a machete, like, you know? <laughs> Like, there's no sugar coating, at least in Honduras, we're pretty wild, and you just carry the machete with you, and you just tell it how it is, you know? Like, and then you have to retract, you know, and say, oh, did, did, uh, that was too harsh. That was like Peter cutting the ear, the ear of the soldier, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and, and when I was young, I was that way, you know? So, <sighs> yeah, the, the Lord had to just come and like do a new work, you know? But anyways, I'm a transform women, you know? I want to read you a couple of scriptures. And it says, Ephesians 4.14 says, Then we no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I've met people that have been in church for many, many years, and they're still infants. And I'm just going to tell you this. This is not the heart of God. God doesn't want you to stay an infant. Can you imagine, like, you know, like, Lucas being, like, 20-year-old and, and still talking like a four-year-old, that, that is just doesn't click. That doesn't go right, you know? And sometimes that's how we are spiritually. That, that's exactly how we are. Because we lack discipleship, because we lack devotion to God, because we lack prayer life. And, and let, me, oh, let me tell you this. <laughs> prayer life is not only Wednesdays when we come to prayer. It's a prayer lifestyle. Every single day, you should wake up or whenever you have your time with the Lord and connect with the Lord. Oh, should it be an hour? I don't know. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit how much time you need to spend with him? I'm not going to tell you how, many t how much time, but he longs for you. And we should long for him, 
right? So when we, can we go back to that verse, Ephesians? We no longer can be infants. If we remain in that position spiritually, we cannot advance the kingdom of God. And I'm going back to this. We misrepresent Jesus. We misrepresent Jesus. Do you know why people say, oh, no, I don't want to be a Christian like, like this person, so-and-so. You know why? We have misrepresented Jesus. We have failed. And I have repented of this. We have failed to represent Jesus how he really is before the world. Because there's a lot of people that do not know Christ out there in your workplaces, in your schools, in your area where you, you know, where you have where, where you gather. So it says, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Let's be careful with the teachings. Nowadays, we have a lot of social media, people putting things in Insta story. Oh, I'm going to do a live. And I just feel that this word, this, this verse, you know, and, and we take it out of context. We really take the word out of context. And so when you know the word, you can filter and discern when you're watching all those reels or lives and all that stuff. You can watch and discern, oh, you know what? This is, no, no, this is not, this is not what the Lord is saying or intended to say. So that is discernment. Because when we lack that, then guess what we do? We repeat Oh, yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and you stand here or in whatever platform and you preach what you heard without going into the filter of the word of God. So you're tossed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know. Let's be careful not to be deceived. We need to be alert. The Bible calls to be, be alert. Be alert. Because you know the number one uh, strategy of the enemy is first to deceive you. So when you are deceived, he creates an image contrary to what the image of God is. So he creates a wedge between you and God. You are deceived. Oh, he's already deceived. So he's going to filter God the way he's being deceived. So he puts a wedge between you and God. And guess what? Then you do not even know how God is. Going back to point one, you know. That's why we need to be devoted to God. I want to read Hebrews 10.25 to focus mainly on the gathering of believers. And I really, I'm going to really, really speak into this because that's where I feel that the Lord really told me this is important that my people hear this. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward, not backwards, onward, as we anticipate the day dawning. I want you to read that closely. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Let me just give you a newsflash. The virus is going to be here for a very long time. And we need to learn as people of God to know how to come together in the house of God, worship together, and not neglect it. Because let me tell you something, there is no such thing as a lonely gospel carrier. We cannot do it by ourselves. That's why Jesus discipled 12. Because they will go to all the ends of the earth. And then you can see there's like 700 and this and that, you know. So we, need, we cannot neglect coming together. Oh, but my pinky hurts. Well, mine too of my high heels, you know? <laughs> my point is this, come to church. You know, church is God's idea. This is not a man's idea. I, I am going to, I, I wanna, 
I want to read you this passage. Matthew 16, 18. This is a message version. And says, Jesus came back. Oh. No, that's not it. Let me, let me read it. <laughs> it says, and now I'm going to tell you who you are. Really, are you you are Peter. Jesus was speaking about, he was talking to Peter. It says, and now I'm going to tell you who you are. Really are. You are Peter, a rock. Now, he was, let, let me keep on reading. This is the rock on which I put together my church. Now, rock as in Jesus, not Peter. Okay? It says, this is the rock on which I put together my church. A church so expansive, let me read that again, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Church is God's idea. Whether you agree with it or not, it's God's idea. He wants you to come with a gathering of believers because we're going to advance the kingdom. The church should never be the most saddest place where people are like, oh, I don't want to be here because they're all sad and like mellow. No, people should come to church and say like, whoa, I want this Jesus and I need this gospel and I'm going to rock. What is it about the cross? What is it about the cross? I want to be part of this body. Because they're so expansive and energetic. I want, there's something that they have that I don't. So this is the type of church. This is the model of the church. You know? Nothing, no hell will come against it. If we are united, running to our aim, which is Jesus. Come to church. Come to church. Oh, but, uh, but uh, I just, I have a lot of problems. Guess what? We all do, but come to church. Yes. Oh, my week was really hard. I cannot make it to discipleship Wednesday, and I cannot make it to prayer Wednesday, and I don't think I can sit through that discipleship. It's so uncomfortable, and I already had my boss all this week, like, yapping at my ear. I don't think I can have John Bevere yapping at my ear. You know, like, guess what? Come to church. Come to church. Put yourself uncomfortable. Get that flesh of yours uncomfortable. It's too comfortable, too warm. You know, some of us are like cozying up with our flesh. You know, oh yeah, me and my, me and my little emotional dysfunction. Let me just pet it a little bit. You know, let me just me and you know I'm just. Just like this, you know, Pastor Liz. I'm just like this. God created me this way. God did not create a dysfunction person. He created you whole. Come to church so you can meet like normal people, you know? You need a little bit of church to know. Like if you think you're dysfunctional, oh, come to church. I'll, I'll, uh, someone that has been restored, up. Just introduce you to that person, you know? But anyways, my point is, come to church. Make your flesh very uncomfortable. I invite you to that, you know? Now, my second point is maturity and wisdom. And this is going to be good, guys. I was just warming up. Okay. (laughs) So, maturity and wisdom. I have a couple of categories here. So, this is holiness. Okay, the process of holiness. This is character. What sustains the anointing? Let me just say that again. Character will sustain the anointing. If you lack character, I don't care how good you preach. There's no anointing. Okay? It will just like, okay, he can preach good, but you know what? He lacks character. He has no holiness. He lies. His words are not, you know, his testimony. Let's be careful. And then the other one is the application of the word of God in our daily life. Okay? Why do we need the word of God? Again, because there are daily situations that you are facing that you need clear instructions from the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is not only when you have big issues. Okay, let me tell you this. 
the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, and, and the church is not a grocery store. You don't go to the church, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy some, like, anointing here. And I'm going to buy some, like, oh, I like this type of, like, tortillas, you know. They're low carb, you know. So I like them. They're a little bit high priced, but, you know, you, you don't go to church and go grocery shopping. You know, that Jesus is not that way. You cannot just go to Jesus like, okay, well, you know, I have a panic attack. Just like this situation just came. Okay, and then Jesus tells you, okay, this is what you need to do. Okay, see you later, like five years later. No. No, no, no. Submit yourself to having a relationship with him. You know, the other one is serving others. Some of us need to get active. Okay? Oh, I don't find my purpose. Go serve. I don't know what I was called for. Let me help you. Let me help you get it. And don't ask me because I oversee hospitality and follow-up. I have plenty of places for you to go. <laughs> and don't even ask like Pastor Liz because she'll put you with kids, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, if you're looking for a place where to serve, you come and ask us and we will create an opportunity for you. You know. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this just because, you know, that's, that's what I do. Uh, I, I, you know, I create spots in hospitality because I want people to get active. I really do. You know, I create things because I believe that when you are active, your eyes are focused on Jesus and not so much on us. And everything else in our lives starts to get fixed as you serve Jesus and as you walk and help others. You know, we're going to talk about discipleship later on. So let me go to... Ephesians 4, we're reading a lot on Ephesians because Ephesians is very clear, very, you know, this is, this is what the Lord is telling us. It says, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, the truth, which is the word, okay? Speaking the truth in love, okay, not with a judgment or critical spirit, because we like to sometimes say, oh, we're, we're going to speak the, the truth in love. And then it's more like a critical spirit under that, you know. So that is not the truth. So the truth in love, we will, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. What body? Whose body? Jesus. So, and it says from him, the whole body which is you and I play a role in the body of Christ. You know, my body is not a head only. You know, we have an Achilles tendon. <laughs> that if you don't know, if you don't, didn't know about this, but it, it gives balance. You know, your ears provide balance for you if you didn't know that. Then you have a liver and so on and so forth, you know. It says joined and held together, not divided but held together. We don't need more division in the church. We have plenty outside of it. Why are we going to bring it here? If you have an offense with someone, come straight to their face and tell them, let's fix this. Not with the intention of throwing trash and not fixing the issue. And do not gossip. We, you know? Guys, I'm telling you because this happens. It's so unfortunate. You know, and I know that I sound probably pretty reprimanding you, but no, it's my nature. I'm very intense, you know. <laughs> I'm a Honduran, so, you know, so I'm very intense. I'm not, I'm not yelling at you or anything. I'm just sharing with you the truth in love. <laughs> it says, with him the whole body, the whole body. The whole body and held together by every supporting ligament. You know what the ligaments are? You know what the ligaments are? Is the word of God. The word of God and the spirit of God is the one that sustains us. That's why it needs to be balanced. Okay? It's the word of God. And it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay? So as we work together as a body of Christ, we are being held up by his truth. We are being united by the spirit, running with one vision, running with one focus. And guess what? As it says that it built itself up. What, the, what does it mean to build itself up? That you're going to go out into the world and 
and bring someone with the love of God and put them in this body. And so it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. And it says Ephesians 4, 23 through 28. And I'm going to focus here on character. So holiness, the Bible says that be holy as I am holy. And holiness, it's a process. It's the process of sanctification. It's the process where the Lord starts to clean up your mess and put it where things need to be put, you know, according to his word. It says to be made new in the attitude of your mind. (sighs) And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. To be made new. To be made new. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. The one body again. And in your anger, do not sin. No sea mecha corta. Cuidado. Be careful. Don't be short fused. I mean, you can get angry, but be careful. It says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold or the appearance of evil. In in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about giving the appearance of evil. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. We must get a job, guys. Okay? (laughs) But must work. Doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Okay? So to my younger generation, I have a message for you. Go get a job. Really? Well, I don't have to pay for, I don't don't have money to pay for my gas. Go get a job. A job like where? Go to McDonald's. Oh my gosh! You know what? Go get a job. Nobody's going to tell you that you're going to end in flipping burgers all your life unless you want to. Go get a job, guys. We need to work hard. And we need to not be afraid to work hard. You know? Oh, here I go. You know why I tell you about the emotional things? Because, you know, yeah, we, we have it. It's... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know. It's, everything is so just falling apart. Tell me what you do. What, what, how does your late day look? Well, I just sit in the couch. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a strategy from the, from the Lord, you know. You need to get a job and you need to get some rhythms in your life and get on a schedule and like eat eat and like not just not eat, you know, and go to bed, not at three in the morning, but at a decent time where you have energy to wake up and actually give to those that need Jesus. Okay. Yes. The people of God, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you say you're a Christian, you should be the hardest worker at your company, the hardest server in your church, the hardest creative person in that marketing department. You should be the hardest, just, you're representing Jesus. You're setting up the bar high. If you have a business, you should be the best at your business. How am I going to do that? The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. We need to work hard. Wherever you are, work hard. Your your hands were made to work and to bless. Okay? Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. And, and, you know, I I still have discipleship to, to talk about, so... Sorry if I'm going a little bit too long, and if you're tired, I'm sorry, but, but hang in with me, you know? It says, Ephesians 4, 29-32 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for, bring, for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God who, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, 
brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And, and brawling is a fight or quarrel. And slander, I really want to, if you don't know the definition, just because I think nowadays we, um, we, we, we suffer from that. And slander is uh, putting, speaking, making a false statement about someone without having a foundation on that. Do not gossip. And do not slander. God really does not like that. Do not do it. If, if you know another person that is a Christian, or even if they're not, and you have no, there's an argument of him, or, or you want to say something, a misrepresentation of him, and instead of you saying something, you go to that person. Say, hey, you know what? This, this is being said, and, and just leave it at that. Don't get involved in that. That is really, really bad in the church. If you don't know a pastor and you put on his thing to criticize him without knowing the foundation of that pastor. I've seen this in social media. You know, someone posts like a, of a you know, high-profile pastor or, or even a pastor and say, oh, look at him. He's getting out of context, on and so forth. Maybe he doesn't have his doctrine right. How do you know? Do you go to his church? Do you know his vision? Do you know the mission? Do you know the values? Do you know how he works with his people? No, don't, let's not do that. We should fear the Lord on doing that. That is really bad. Remember this. Pastor Joe from whatever church and Pastor Hunter and Liz and I and we are here. We are going and we are aiming to the same Jesus. If they have an issue in their, in their doctrine, they have an issue that they will be accountable to Jesus. Not to us. You know, Encounter Church is not a perfect church. And we're going we're gonna to partner with other churches. And we're going to work together to bring Jesus to our community. We should not be slandering people. Right. We should not be slandering. If you don't agree with Ivan, hey, Ivan, you know, I, it's very hard to agree with you. But can we come in t- together into something that we're going to, that he, he is the purpose, Jesus is the purpose? Because that's where we are lacking character. We go and we tell Sister Joe, oh, I didn't know how you said this and da, 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 and all that stuff and all this stuff. <laughs> and your perspective should be this way. Okay, Sister Joe. <laughs> let's say Sister Joe and the, let's say Pastor Diana and Pastor Liz, right? So, and, and I'm going to put this because this is who we are, you know? So... I love time. I'm sorry, that is probably very contrary to today, you know. (laughs) But I love time. I like to be spot on. Not a minute. And and I have trouble. Liz is spontaneous. Is that bad? No. Is being on time bad? No. None of both things are bad. But when we have events, I get a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, man. You know. But you know what? I said, okay, let's come into a win-win situation, you know? So because I know her and I know her heart and I know who she is, and even if I don't know her, if I am according to what the word of God is saying, okay, let, let's, let's gather, okay, what is, uh, wh- where can we draw the line, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, three hours? No, probably like an hour, you know? So that's where we win together. And we win together. You know, we win together and we advance the kingdom because at the end of the day, it's not about her or I or my opinion or her. It's about Jesus. What does he think about this? You know, so we need to, we need to take it easy, guys. I need to tell myself sometimes, like, hey, take it easy. It's just a few minutes. Don't panic. You're okay. Chill out, you know. Like, yeah, honestly. Maybe you're like me. And, and so you, you and I can get in discipleship together and I'll help you a little bit. Okay, so now thirdly, and, and I'm, I'm going to just tell you very quickly, just, you know, I know if you feel hungry, hold on, the burgers are not yet ready, okay? So disciples, disciples, okay? Why do I need 
this. Why do we need it? Because it encourages us. Discipleship encourages us to get out of the comfort zone and go out and share the gospel. And don't, for those that do not know God, that do not, do not know Jesus, invite others to follow Jesus, help others in their walk with Jesus, and teach others how to follow Jesus. You might think, oh, wow, that's pretty redundant there. No, let me explain to you something, okay? Get out of your comfort zone. Preach the gospel to those that do not know. Invite others that have no church, have no sense of discipleship, that are having a, probably a good relationship with the Lord outside, but they just haven't plugged in to a body. Okay, so invite them in. Help others in their walk with Jesus. That is like if you see Sister Joe again, that she's limping in her walk with the Lord. You come and tell her, hey, let me help you. This is not working for you. Okay? And teach others how to follow Jesus. So you teach them the word of God. You teach them how to pray. You teach them devotion. You teach them how to make disciples. You know, how, how we do this. How to share. All right? Are we good? Okay. Almost done, guys. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says, and the things, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy. If you are not familiar with the relationship that Paul and Timothy had, Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. Timothy was young, and he was, you know, doing this church thing, and Paul was telling him this. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, the crowds, okay, the church, and trust this word to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Oh, no, but I think discipleship, yeah, the Lord disciples me. I'm going to give you several examples that that is not biblical, okay? That actual, you need to come under someone, okay? That's how Jesus established it. Jesus discipled 12, okay? Paul discipled Timothy. If you know the word, do you know who discipled Paul? Not Jesus, Barnabas. Barnabas, you know? Do you know why it's not enough to just say like, oh, Jesus is discipling me. I'm going to tell you a story very quickly about a man in the Bible that was a king. And he got into a sexual mess with Bathsheba. He killed Bathsheba's husband in war, strategically put him in front of the line of battle to get him killed. And a prophet had to come. The prophet Nathan came and said, King David, there's a situation where a sheep and this and that. And King David said like, oh my gosh, did that happen? And oh, kill that person. You know, he didn't even realize it was him. Let me just let that sink in for you. The prophet comes to King David and tells him what he had done and he had did not realize it until the until the prophet tell him it's you it's you that's why we need discipleship because we need someone that has traveled this journey a little bit longer than us with a good testimony i'm going to put that in because we can follow many people but you need someone that has the word in them, the spirit of God in them, that has tested. I'm not saying they have to be perfect. I'm not saying that they have to have their ducks in a row. I'm saying a woman and a God that are after God's own heart, that are godly, that are spiritual, that are men and women of the word of God, of prayer. And you need to come under and say, teach me, because I don't know this. And someone to say, hey, this path that you are going, this habit is really going to hinder you. I love discipleship because it not only speaks about the spiritual, 
but you develop so many close friendships in discipleship. Some of you, because of discipleship, you have a family, a spiritual family. Some of us need to get active in that. You are a disciple, so you might be asking, what's next for me? I know Jesus. I'm doing everything that you're telling me, Pastor Diana, but what do I do next? Get into discipleship. It, but it's no fun. I know. But, you know, that's just like, what, 50%? The other 50% is we do life together. We grab burgers or kale chips or, or tacos, you know. Let me tell you something. Some of us need friends. We, we get into discipleship. Some of us, there's, there's three groups of people. The three groups of people are this. Ones that really are just hungry and they don't know what's next. So what's next for you is discipleship. And discipleship is a call of selflessness. Getting rid of yourself and accepting the invitation of Jesus. But you need to come to the cross. If you do not know Jesus, that is the first step. You need to come and know Jesus. He's waiting for you. He's expectant for you. And then you come under discipleship. Grab someone. Hey, help me out. I don't know how to read the Bible, you know? That's the first group, you know? Someone that does know, doesn't know Jesus but gets to know Jesus comes under discipleship. The second group is the person or the group of people that have been in discipleship but have been complacent about it. That are in quote unquote discipleship but are actually not. And you know who you are. I don't think I need to explain this. And for us, I think for, for this group of people, the call is for repentance and come right with God and do not resist the Lord for his pruning. And the third call is for those of us that are in discipleship and are doing all these things yet are not active on getting someone and helping them in their walk with the Lord. Discipleship is not about us. It's about the lost. It's about those that are infants in the Lord for them to grow and mature. I don't know which group of people you fit, but I'm going to open the altar because I really feel that the Lord is shifting something in our hearts to have a compassion for the lost and have a compassion for the multitudes and for you to get active in discipleship and to shake it off, you know, and stop being lazy in the, in the ministry and not serving. You know, text to serve. We need to serve God. And we need to serve right without bad attitudes. Why are they calling me that I need to be here at 9.45 to do the coffee? Actually, that's pretty late. So 9.30, normally we're here. You know? You know? Just come. You know there's a Bible verse that says, do everything unto the Lord. Do everything unto the Lord. Oh, but they're not going to notice me. But the Lord notices you, and that's what it matters. You are not forgotten. You really are not forgotten. You have let the enemy deceive you that you are forgotten. Parents don't, I don't forget about Sophia. I just don't. And maybe your earthly father did, but your godly father will not forget you. So I'm going to open the altar. If we can just stand up and just you worship. I'm going to ask if, if the worship team can just help us and take us to the presence of God. You know, open your heart. Open your heart to the move of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Some of us need to be obedient. We just lack so much obedience. And maybe you need to repent because you have had a delayed obedience, which is disobedience. Be quick to obey the Lord. Open your heart. Position yourself right now this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.